0: the Gospel of John chapter 5 to begin this morning. Jesus has uh, healed the man stuck on his mat for 38 years, and he's told him, get up and walk and take your mat, and they're mad because it was the Sabbath. So the Jewish leaders are so angry at Jesus for daring to tell somebody to pick up your mat and walk, they said, you're asking him to violate the Sabbath that now they want to persecute and kill Jesus. So that's the setting. Slide down to verse 39 and verse 40. Here's Jesus' strong rebuttal coming back at them. Very religious, very law-abiding Jews. Here's what he says. You study the Scriptures diligently because you think that in them, in the Scriptures, you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures, Jesus says, that testify about me. Verse 40 Yet you refuse to come to me to have life. The religious zealots, the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, they thought studying the Old Testament, Genesis to Malachi, was an end in itself. Are you tracking with me? they assumed, I have this immense knowledge of the Old Testament, many of them had memorized large sections. Some of them we know even memorized the entire Old Testament. Can you imagine? Genesis to Malachi, you've got it all down, word perfect. So therefore, they thought their knowledge and great effort and great determination of the Old Testament would bring them eternal life. Surely I know so much about God's book that that in itself will be a reward and surely God will say welcome to glory, welcome to your eternal reward. But go back to verses 39 and 40 of John chapter five. Jesus says the purpose of studying the Bible, Genesis to Revelation, is not so that we can know the facts and all the information and even the theology of the Bible. Knowing the Bible is not an end in itself. We study the Bible so we can know Jesus. Does that make sense? So we get so caught up, i got to know this, and i got to know this answer, and, and I need to know these fine points of theology. But the reason we have the Bible is so that we can know Jesus. And they were all caught up in the facts and in the memorization and they missed the Messiah when he came along. We study the Bible so we, we can know the God of the Bible. Does that make sense? In other words, I want to personally know in an intimate way. I want to have koinonia with Jesus Christ. That's the purpose of life. And they missed it. They totally missed the purpose of of God's Word. The Bible points the way to a meaningful relationship with the living God. And it's through the Bible that we can know Jesus and understand all that He's done to show us grace and love and mercy in our times of need. The religious leaders that Jesus is challenging here, they were guilty of something, it's called bibliolatry. They were worshipping the Bible and the truths of the Bible instead of the Jesus of the Bible. They they were worshiping the truth and even even the doctrines of the Bible, but they weren't worshiping and didn't want to know the Jesus of the Bible. I wonder how many modern-day Pharisees inhabit churches like Walloon. I wonder how many people have this great bank of knowledge. I've been in church for 50 years and I know lots of things about the Bible. I know all the stories. I know many of the doctrines. But you never have a personal ear relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the reason to study. It's so that you can know and grow deeper in love with Jesus. It's not just knowledge in and of itself. Now turn with me, John chapter 10, if you would, please. Because Jesus, here in this section about the good shepherd and the gate and the sheep explain something very important for all of us sheep to know. We, we need to know about the good shepherd. And he tells us a lot here. We're going to read that right now. Would you stand with me if you're able? John chapter 10, first 10 verses. Let's read out loud together. Ready? All of us, let's, let's declare God's truth. Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate... But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate, whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for making yourself very clear about what you are, our good shepherd. And Lord, thank you for being a good shepherd who cares so deeply that you're willing to even pay the ultimate price and sacrifice your life for us on the cross. Would you teach us this morning about uh, hearing and following and discerning your voice? Lord, because there's lots of voices in this world today that shout loudly at us. So I'm, I'm asking that you might speak very clearly today. Your sheep were here in your church and we're listening and we're ready to learn from you. Help us to, to discover the distinguishing marks of your gentle whisper. And all the church family at Walloon Lake said with one united voice. I'm convinced the greatest challenge for followers of Jesus today is the loud, distracting, uh, hectic, crazy things that are going on all around us. It's really hard today to put Psalm 46, verse 10 into practice. And that says, say it with me, be still and know that I am God. I got about 12 of you. Okay? It's right up here. Be still and know that I'm God. Uh, but it's hard to be still when you've got dozens and dozens of emails uh, that are there on your phone yelling, and, and your phone is blown up with texts, and you've got podcasts that are calling your name, and, and you've got to listen to your Spotify and your YouTube. And you've got to see the latest funny stuff. And then you need to be checking your Facebook at least a dozen times, right, a day, and and, and get on your Instagram and, and do all the things that you got to do. You got a Snapchat, you got a Twitter, and and that's calling. And and I haven't even talked about uh, the latest on Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime. And some of you have Direct TV, and and you load up your uh, your inbox there, and you got your favorite sports channels and your teams. It's really hard, 2019, to be still and listen to the whispers and the prompts of the Good Shepherd. I I think that's our greatest challenge. You're a follower of Jesus, but, but to actually be still and listen closely is really hard. John chapter 10 tells us some really notable things about the Good Shepherd... And how he speaks to his sheep. So let's take some notes now on the back of your bullets and you got it there. You're here. You took the the effort, made the effort and took the time to get here. So let's remember why you're here. Uh, I'm going to offer you four things that we learn about how the shepherd speaks to the sheep. The distinguishing marks of the good shepherd. Okay, here we go. Verse 1 says this, the voice of Jesus will always be in agreement with God's word, the Bible. You're never going to hear Jesus whisper something to you that doesn't line up, that isn't consistent with God's word. He's never going to jump over the fence and contradict himself. Where do you get that? Verse 1. Here's what it says, very truly I tell you, Pharisees, You're big on God's word. Anyone who doesn't enter by the sheep pen, if you're not coming through me and my words, but you try to climb in some other way, is a thief and a robber. Can I tell you there's lots of thieves and lots of robbers who try to come at us as sheep of the good shepherd Jesus and try to tell us all sorts of things that don't line up with the book. Jesus will never contradict himself. If you think you're hearing Jesus' whisper, you should leave your wife and go marry the pretty little thing down the road. Can I tell you something? I've had people tell me, and I, and I say, stop, Jesus didn't tell you that. Some robber, some thief, some liar, some wolf, uh, maybe it's your own sinful nature's whisper, but you didn't hear from Jesus because that doesn't line up with the book. Lots of folks want to jump over and attack. And God's Word is our fence. God's Word is what protects us so that we can know what is it, how does Jesus speak. And it's always in agreement with his book. So anyone or or any entity that's shouting at you to do something or believe this or this is truth and it doesn't line up with the book, you you can say, right, no, no, that's a thief, that's a robber, that's a liar, that's a wolf. I'm not listening. Examples. The Book of Mormon doesn't line up with the book. Lots of nice Mormons, but their book doesn't line up with the word. That book is a liar. It does uh, the New World Translation of the Jehovah Witnesses. Very dedicated people, But that translation removes the deity of Jesus Christ. Sorry, it's a liar. Uh, The four horsemen of atheism, maybe you've heard of them. Richard Dawkins, Christopher Hitchens, Daniel Dennett, Sam Harris. Their influence in government, education, politics is huge. Even if you don't know them, it's huge. Here's what they believe. The cure for bad religion is no religion. That's their model. The cure for bad religion is no religion. But the cure for bad religion is actually a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the cure for bad There is bad religion. They're right. But you don't throw it out. No, it's actually a relationship with a good shepherd. And his name is Jesus Christ. God's word, the Bible, is the fence that protects from attack from wolves from liars, from thieves, from wilders. The second distinguishing mark of Jesus' voice here, verse 3, he calls us by name. It's personal. It's intimate. Look at what verse 3 says. It says, the gatekeeper opens the gate, that's Jesus, Has already told us, for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, And he leads them out. In other words, he knows us by name. It's not just a, hey, you stupid idiot, you screwed up again. Is that you, Jesus? No. (laughs) You can answer. Way to go, Ellis. You blew it again. That's not how Jesus speaks to us. How do you know that? Look at verse 3. Because he calls us by name. Lots of other voices speak loudly, shouting, ridiculing the sheep, but Jesus doesn't do that. Romans 8.1 says it very clearly, therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation if you are in Christ Jesus. Are you regularly hearing, condemning, shaming voices and thinking that's Jesus? <laughs> that's not the voice of Jesus. That's not how he treats his sheep. Third distinguishing characteristic of the voice of Jesus. Last part of verse 3. It says, uh, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Leads. You lead sheep. What do you do with cattle? Any, anybody know? You drive cattle. okay, But you lead sheep. The thieves, the robbers, the wolves, they jump over the fence and they drive the sheep. They shout vague, general, unspecific words of condemnation and threats and shame and make you feel horrible and drive you away from Jesus, the good shepherd. Here's what Revelation 3:20 tells us: Jesus stands at the door of your heart, and what does he do? Gently knocks. He doesn't knock the door down, he doesn't shout. He doesn't scream, but he just gently keeps knocking on the door. Will you open the door and let me in? He doesn't doesn't pound. He he doesn't shout. He doesn't attempt to to break in. Jesus calls. Will you you follow me? He, He whispers. He prompts. He leads and invites us to follow and obey. Fourth distinguishing mark of the voice of Jesus is verse 4, the sheep know the voice of Jesus and they know the Good Shepherd. And the way that you can know that you know the Good Shepherd is because you've learned to know His voice. So, so the distinguishing mark of knowing the Good Shepherd is knowing His voice. Verse 4, when He has brought out all His own, He goes on ahead of them and His sheep follow Him Why? What's it say? Because they they know his voice. We follow because we have learned and know the voice of Jesus. The the sheep, it says, verse 5, won't follow a stranger. Why? They don't recognize his voice. Jesus declares very clearly, verse 11, I'm the good shepherd. My sheep know my voice. They follow me and I'm willing to lay down my life for my sheep. Jesus declares the good shepherd knows the sheep and the sheep of Jesus know his voice. And if you don't know the voice of Jesus, that's a bad sign. You understand? If you, if you can't distinguish and, and you don't know the characteristics and you don't have no clue what do you mean uh, and you haven't heard his still, that's a bad sign. Because it says very clearly, my sheep know my voice. They know when I'm talking, they know when I'm whispering and prompting that that's what it means to be a follower of Jesus, to know him and he knows me and I know his voice and he knows mine and he calls me by name. So here's my challenge this morning. Can you distinguish the voice of Jesus? Has it it been a while? Maybe some of you just have to honestly say, you know what, I used to hear the voice of Jesus a lot. But now, things have gotten really busy and really crowded in my life, really hectic, and and now there's so much going on around me, I I just don't hear his voice much any longer. I'm convinced, until we make it a priority to listen and learn and distinguish the voice, then we're not going to be very good at it. In other words, if this doesn't become an essential it probably will slowly just kind of float out and be missing from our lives. Here's what I've discovered. The only way to learn to listen is to withdraw and get in a quiet place intentionally. You can write that down, okay? That's huge. You have to withdraw. You have to get yourself in a quiet place, turn things off, and intentionally say, I'm going to go and I'm going to Listen to the Lord. He's going to listen to me, but I'm going to listen to Him. And I need to get in a quiet place in order for that to happen. Uh, I need to read about the fence to make sure I know that's the voice. But then I need to tell Him what's on my heart in a quiet place. And then be still and listen to His prompts and His whispers in a quiet place. The discipline of getting alone... And getting quiet, I said this earlier, I think that's the greatest challenge for us today. The world is only getting louder and more distracting. There's more things to grab and vie for our attention and our affection. And to actually say, you know what, this is so important that I need to tune in daily to the still small voice of the Lord. I'm going to do what it takes. Lord Show me in my schedule how can I find a time to get away, to get quiet, and to listen to you. It's that important. So here's your homework challenge. You ready? Ready for a challenge? Okay, here we go. Can you find 30 minutes each day this next week to get away and get quiet and turn off the noise? And I realize for some of you, but, but I've got kids. Okay. well, you might have to juggle some nap times. You might have to get up a little earlier my favorite thing when we had young kids around was I escaped to the bathroom because it had a lock and I love the fan I can't hear you uh, and, and you could just spend a f- or when you're in the car you know I'm, I'm going to intentionally not turn anything on I'm just going to spend my time in the car talking to the Lord and listening to his still small voice let me show you one more little trick that I've learned and I love, there's this app called the you version. How many of you have got you version on, on, your, on your phone? OK, well, it's free. So that's good news. And here's what my favorite trick is. The you version. you can pick your version. I like to usually listen to a, a, a version that speaks very clearly and kind of new and fresh. I like the New Living Translation. Uh, but anyway, here we go. It's here, but then, while you're driving, In the school. You could be driving along. And you're listening to God's word. And you're listening to the fence. And then after a bit, you say, oh, That was good. I had 10 minutes. I, I, I heard from the Lord. Now I need to cry out to Him. And then the last bit, then I'm just gonna listen to Him. I'm gonna listen to Him. So, 30 minute challenge this week. Okay? Uh, I'm gonna challenge you 30 minutes. Somehow, Lord, show us In our busyness, show me how I can get away. Show me how I can get quiet. So uh, with that as the challenge, how many of you would say, yeah, I need to learn to listen. Or or it's been a while, and I I used to hear from the Lord, and I heard his voice a lot. Not so much anymore. I need to get back to that. How many of you would say, yeah, I think I'll give that 30-minute challenge a go? Can I see your hands? Don't have to. Not many up in the balcony. Is, is, is there a problem up there? Is there insurrection up in the balcony? Yeah, there you go. Okay, okay. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to raise your hands once more and look around and find somebody who's in it with you. Go ahead, raise your hand. Now look around, find somebody next to you or nearby and say, okay, I'm watching you, you watch me, okay? I'm going to ask you, would you ask me? And, and I want you to hold me, I'm going to check on you Okay? And I'm going to check on everybody next week, see how you did. Okay? And there might even be a little reward. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're bribing people. Well, there's rewards in heaven. Did you know that? Okay? Yeah. People get bent. Oh, you should just do it because it's, well, then how come Jesus offers us rewards and crowns and, okay, because that's how we're wired. Okay? Little reward. Yeah. Won't that be good? Yes. John 10, verse 10. That last verse, Jesus says, I want you to have a full and abundant life as my sheep, as my kids. And that begins with that koinonia relationship with Jesus Christ. Do you understand that? You want that full and abundant life? It comes by knowing Jesus and walking with Jesus and being in relationship daily, koinonia, With Jesus. And a big part of that is learning to listen to his still small voice. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for uh, being our good shepherd. And thank you for loving us. Even though we live in a crazy, hectic, loud, distracting world, Lord, I still believe it's possible to make time for what's essential, for what's most important, for what's vital to having abundant life. And that's knowing your son Jesus and walking with your son Jesus. So right now, Lord, I want to pray for my friends. Some of them probably haven't counted the cost fully, but they they want to this next week be still and know you, and get themselves in a quiet place. So Lord, would you make that possible? Would you show them how that can happen for 30 minutes a day in this next week? I know we've got busy schedules. I know we've got a lot going on. Lord, would you give them the passion, the energy, the drive to make it happen? Might this become more important than our favorite podcast more important than our favorite TV show, more important than the next lines of emails and texts that come our way. Might the voice of your son Jesus be our passion to know him, to cry out to him, to listen to him. Lord, uh, we just acknowledge it's really hard. This world is not going to get any slower or any quieter. So help us, Lord, to do our part to listen and tune in and walk with your good good Shepherd son, Jesus Christ. And now, Lord, as the ushers come forward, we give these uh, benevolent gifts as tokens of our love for you. Lord, I I pray that uh, everybody uh, who's in need in the church family and those in the community who are in need Lord, as these funds are distributed, might they know that you love them. And Lord, might they realize that your church family loves them too. And I pray for your blessing upon their lives. Even right now, we pray all of these things in the name of Jesus, our good shepherd. Amen.